Welcome to Brutal, the MMA podcast. Hello, everybody. Uh, we finally got Charles back on the podcast. I am indeed back. Got finally. Caitlin behind the camera. Yeah, she's that direction somewhere. You want to you wanna explain what happened? Uh, so, basically, I was, over the past few months, uh, experiencing some uh, weird, like, issues with my stomach weird yeah uh peculiar I, I kept getting i kept getting a food poisoning out of nowhere i had no clue why i just it happened i think three times over like month and a half two months ish um first time i was like oh fuck food poisoning whatever second time i was like this is weird that it happened so quickly third time i was like all right i probably should see a doctor and then Right before we could go watch the fights in the morning on Saturday. We were going to watch Charles Oliveira versus Benil Dariush. That was kind yeah. of uh, a big reason for us going on this trip. Yeah. And, and what happened? Basically, while we were up there in this vacation area, um, it happened again, slowly over the course of the morning. And then by around mid-afternoon, I kind of realized this is not getting better. I probably should go to the hospital figure that out, see if I can talk to, a, like, a doctor and figure it out. Um, and so, yeah, turns out the whole time, every single time it was happening, I, it was actually appendicitis, which is why it hurts so fucking badly. Yeah, I don't think um, that's that too good for you. Yeah, so I, I got appendicitis <laughs> four times in total. Um, but when I was in the hospital, they, do, they couldn't do anything where we were, so they had to bring me down, but... They gave me morphine immediately because of the pain. Uh, oh, morphine. I love morphine. morphine. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, very overrated, by the way. Very overrated. Um, <laughs> not addicting at all. I would not yeah, do it again. I would. Morphine drip. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Next time in the hospital for like a minor toothache, give me morphine right now. I need morphine. Morphine. Right, morphine. Now. Give it to me. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, they uh, gave me morphine, sent me on to a different hospital. They opened me up at like 1 a.m. maybe. And, uh, yeah, it was my appendix, so they took that out. I've been recovering over the week, so I finally am good now. I would show you guys my scars, but that's kind of weird. That's a little so, funky. Yeah, that's I'm a little not, fruity, I don't think possibly. It, I don't know about fruity. <laughs> They're pretty gnarly. <laughs> right. I mean, they are surgery scars. So True, yeah. I wouldn't expect them to be too PG. Yeah, uh, it wasn't fun, though. But that was what I was doing. I missed all of the fights, completely all of them, including the ones yesterday. For no reason, honestly, I just kind of just didn't watch them yesterday, but I did. So we well. we got you on the recap though, so you, you have a general gist of what's yeah, going on. Yeah, I kind of I kind of know what's what's happening. Yeah, but so we'll hop right into the the prelims. Uh, I'm glad to see you better. Thank Happy you, to see you, you here. Um, we'll go with Zach Palga and Modestus Pikaukis at the beginning of the prelims. Um, pretty uneventful uh fight it is in the light heavyweight division. And uh, not a lot going on. Modespicalcus just came back from a really long layoff where he got his leg broken by Khalil Roundtree. He got sidekicked in the knee and it tore his ACL and MCL, I believe. So it's good to see him back and getting a win in the win column. But uh, not really the most exciting win, but um, a lot more to improve on. And, you know, I'm just glad to see him healthy. That's good. Um, Then we had Dan Argata versus Ronnie Lawrence. I was excited about this fight specifically because – Two high-paced grapplers. These guys are dogs. They just—they've been wrestling all their lives, and they just get in there. They're gritty, and they just—they're just slamming their opponents to, to the floor as soon as they get the chance. Uh, Ronnie Lawrence was the favorite, and Dan Argetta was the, the underdog. But regardless, Dan Argetta immediately pushed on the pace, pushed on the pedal, pushed uh, Lawrence to the fence, and after push, pushing Lawrence to the fence, he proceeded to take him down and get him in a super tight guillotine for over. 35 40 seconds and it was tight as hell right so he finally gets mount in the guillotine which is like 
you're, it's usually over at that point. And he, Ronnie Lawrence does put his hand up to tap. He does mm-hmm. not tap. He does not con- talk cognitively. Cog- cognitively tap yeah not like you didn't mean to tap yeah and uh keith peterson was checking if he was still awake so he grabbed his hand and pulled it away from his ass right the ref right yeah to see if it was limp it wasn't limp so when he let go he tapped because he was resisting the referee which is just a single single one yeah it was just a single uh and keith peterson saw it and then stopped the fight so keith peterson owned up to his mistake which is a good thing referees they don't do very often um, yeah, clearly. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and uh, it was overturned, so it's a no contest. Pretty unfortunate for Dan Argetta because I think if they just waited maybe two or three seconds longer, it would have been a full tap. But um, really happy to see Dan Argetta's kind of leveled up and evolved because he went from an underdog in his fight to dominating. So it was really I- interesting That's fight, good. and uh, I want to see more of him. Um, then we had Teresa Bleda versus Gabriela Fernandez. Uh, Bleda basically dominated the first two rounds, yeah. uh, grappling, uh, just kept the pressure on, a lot of dominance, a lot of control time. And in the third round, uh, Gabriela came back and almost dropped her. But uh, Bleda, while being very much wobbled, grabbed her by her legs, pushed her to the canvas, and rode the rest of the round out, so secured that victory. That's good. Uh, was, okay. uh, she's from the Contender Series, so it's always nice to see Contender Series fighters get a win in there. So... Mm. Uh, her debut, she fought a monster and was destroyed. So since then, seeing her actually fight someone more her caliber and her own pace, uh, it's good to see her get a win. Yeah. Um, then we had a really interesting and fun fight between Carlos Hernandez and Be- Denise Bondar. This is that, that knockout I showed you where he slams him to the ground. And yeah, after just the, wails on him with yeah, elbows. Yeah, elbows from hell, man. And it was technically uh, a clash of heads. So they went to the scorecards from the third round, which is a very weird way to do it because... Honestly, you could argue that when Carlos Hernandez slammed Denis Bondar to the canvas, it was the canvas that knocked him unconscious, not the head clash. Because it wasn't a super egregious head clash. You will you will tap your heads together when you throw someone to the floor usually. Yeah. So, I mean, um, it's neither here nor there. I'm just glad to see Carlos Hernandez didn't get a no contest from it. He definitely deserved the bonus from that finish, which... It's really unfortunate that the referees looked at it and said, let's just go to the decision. But, that um, that kind of sucks, yeah. Cause it does cheap him out of a lot of money. He might have a, a, a finish bonus on his contract, and that means he's ineligible for the 50K bonus. So That sucks. But before that finish, it was a really high-paced round, and Carlos Hernandez was showing off the boxing skills, man. This guy's got amazing boxing. And his grappling's good, too, as, like, de- as shown in that clip where mm-hmm. he slams him to the floor and just rains elbows down. So... Really happy to see him like level up. It was a flyweight fight. These guys didn't fight like flyweights. These guys Damn. fought like someone in the lightweight division. They were f- fast as flyweights, but they landed with power and good technique. It was a really entertaining fight, and I think either of those guys could be ranked in the future. That's good to see that he still got the win, though. Cause, yeah, uh, like, definitely. You know, two no contests like in, within a single card would have been yeah, very frustrating. It would have been extremely especially frustrating. off of a technicality like yeah. that, like a tiny little yeah. And it yeah. was a super late finish because. It, it's technically not a finish. It was a finish. Let's be real here. Yeah. Um, it was three, one second four, left. 59. It was yeah, one Jesus. second left in the round. I'm looking at that right now. It. That's crazy. The referee also should have stopped it way fucking earlier. Um, I mean, he 
had like seven straight elbows before the referee even stopped it. And there was seven elbows while he was unconscious. Yeah. I think the referee saw the end of the round and was like, I'll let him ride it out. But I mean, he let it ride it out into fucking brain damage. I mean, you yeah, got to protect the, guy, the fighters. The guy's head was completely ragdolled. Every time he hit, he was just kind of moving. Bouncing off like, the cage. A bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so unfortunate, but uh, glad to see Carlos Hernandez in the win column. Um, Kong Kyung Ho and Christian Quinones. Uh, I always say the second Enye, but there's no Enye in the second end. Quinones. Quinones. Um, But Christian Quinones kind of pushed the pace immediately. He's a very, like, lanky, rangy fighter. And he immediately rocked Kang. Mm -hmm. Rocked him. And I was like, oh, shit. But Kang landed this really clean left hook as he was being pressured. It dropped Quinones. And he followed him to the floor, landed some ground and pound, and then grabbed the neck super tight under the neck and just choked him almost unconscious and uh Kenyonis tapped so damn really fun fun match to watch that's there. good to, yeah I, I always enjoy if, if it is around one at least it went in a little bit you know into the round and exactly. it wasn't just instantly seeing seeing a fight end really early is a little bit it's frustrating little, sometimes yeah it's a little boring I, in my opinion it, it, i don't think it's boring i will argue it, that okay. to my death because the amount of excitement you get from that fast finish i mean take for example right the Jim Miller fight. Remember how Jim Miller got that 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 right yeah. hand and then the uppercut. For that moment, it was exciting. And of course, in between rounds, it's it's, it's a little bit boring because there's a lot of time in between the next fight. But the actual fight itself is very entertaining. Yeah, I guess I guess as a whole, technically, yes, the whole entire fight is entertaining. Absolutely. But the issue is just the fight's so short. Yeah, you get the entertainment it's, for it's about five seconds. It's the same argument as gone, when you know? um, Mike Tyson was was in his prime. Mike Tyson would walk in the cage and put someone out in the first round, and someone just paid for that pay-per-view, and they have their whole family up at 6 a.m. in Europe, and they're like, guys, we're watching Mike Tyson. Let me go get a cold beer. Walks back in. The fight's over, Dad. <laughs> Fuck! Like, it's, it's really unfortunate because there's some really fun, entertaining fights where you wish they would have lasted a little bit longer. Yeah. And that, I mean, sometimes it doesn't happen like that. I mean, the Jorge Masvidal versus Ben Askren fight was four seconds. So... Flying knee, and and it was yeah. one of the most entertaining four seconds of my life. But I mean, <laughs> after that, what is it, you know? And yeah. there's yeah. some fights where it's like Justin Gaethje versus uh, Charles Oliveira. The, Charles Oliveira got dropped twice in that fight, and then dropped him and got a submission. So it was like watching a whole like a, f- a whole three round fight in exactly. like a few seconds. Yeah, and it was like in four minutes, I believe. It was yeah. like four minutes, yeah, and it felt like I was watching a twenty minute. Exactly. Fight. This. So th- when it can get a little bit into the round, it's a lot more entertaining. Exactly. So I see I where you said you're I coming agree. from there. Yeah. Um, after that, we had Jimmy Flick back versus Alessandro Costa. Uh, Alessandro Costa did exactly what he needed to do, and he punished Jimmy Flick's legs. I mean, I felt so bad for Jimmy Flick. The very first leg kick that landed, you could tell it bothered him, and Costa took advantage of that. He ripped leg kicks. Jimmy Flick would change stances, and they'd rip it on the leg kick. So both of his legs were gone. Uh, Flick was scrambling to try and get a takedown. She couldn't do it because he doesn't have legs. He couldn't throw power. And, I mean, shit. Flick got TKO'd in the second round. Uh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, you can't you cannot fight with no. legs being gone like that. That's that's just any of we your We saw that with yeah. Brendan Longgain versus Marlon Marais in that PFL fight. If you get your legs chopped down, I don't know how you can recover from that. Yeah. So. You need it to throw power. You need it for takedowns. You need it for anything really specifically. So That makes sense. Yeah, really good finish there. Um, then we had Nicholas Dalby versus Muslim Salikov. Cracking open a cold one. 
except it's lukewarm. Yeah, it's, it's definitely <laughs> lukewarm temperature. Um, Nicholas Dalby uh, did. <laughs> yeah, he he did a really good job with the pace, and uh, he kind of shut off Muslim Salikov's, uh karate style. I believe. Do you remember karate? No, kung fu. Sorry, kung fu. <laughs> yeah. Bro, what what, kung what fu. did they call Muslim Salikov? What was his nickname, Caitlin? Do you remember that? Could you look it up for me? They won't show it in there. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, Muslim Salikov. Uh, is a very kick-heavy style, but he looks like a Dagestani wrestler, so it catches yeah. people off guard sometimes. But um, king of kung fu, king of kung fu, <laughs> the king of kung fu, Muslim Salakov. And does he just um, hit like like kung fu kicks, like you know, wow, yeah, like that kind of shit? Or Caitlin's cracking up behind the yeah. camera, and I'm just trying to hold myself together here. <laughs> no, it's like a lot of spinning kicks, a lot of flying kicks, a lot of like very flashy style stuff. Okay. He couldn't really get that off against Dalby, though, because Dalby kept the pressure on him, backed him up to the cage, hit combos, did what he was supposed to. Uh, Nicholas Dalby is a very good talent in this division. I mean, he can beat most fighters in this division, except yeah. for like maybe the top 15. I mean, I, I called that part fight perfectly, which I, I was very you. happy about. I was, I expected I Salikov to show off. Mad. I've seen Salikov. Caitlin's flipping me off right <laughs> now. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. Uh, <laughs> we had, <laughs> in lightweight, we had Manuel Torres versus Nicholas Mata, the second fight on the main card. Uh, Manuel Torres, I mean, pretty short fight, a minute and a half into the round, hit a step-in elbow on Mata. I've seen Mata fight twice. His striking defense is really lackluster, and it, it showed in this fight, too. His last fight, he got knocked out by Jim Miller, and this fight, he got knocked out by Manuel Torres. Uh, I think Manuel Torres has a lot of potential in this division. He looked really good at lightweight. He looked fast, looked precise, and that step-in elbow was really something else. And he fell into the ground, hit him with two hammer fists after. I mean, man, he's, that was a vicious finish. That's, that's got to be good, yeah. I, I kind of wish I saw some of these fights. Yeah, so yeah you missed out a little bit. Yeah, Caitlin, too. <laughs> Kate, Caitlin was, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> Caitlin was um, here for every fight on the main card, except for the last two, which are debatably the two best fights in the oh, card. Oh, that's unfortunate. Uh, she had to go to Betty Bye, and I was very much struggling to stay awake because we're early risers, but I stayed up for them. And, uh, yeah, this, I mean, Especially with that first fight um, lasting, you know, the entire time. Yeah. Three, right? Three full rounds. And, yeah, that's definitely probably taking a while. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know what it was about this UFC event, but usually there's set times for each fight. And even after a long 15-minute uh, fight with, like, fouls and everything, it's, mm -hmm. like, a, maybe 30 minutes in total from start of the walk-in to leaving the octagon. And then usually if it's a decision, they'll start a fight right back up. There was like 15, 20 minutes of ads in between every single fight. Seriously? No matter how long it lasted. And I don't know why. It was like I was like falling asleep. I was like, ugh. 15 fucking minutes? Were they just like scrambling to get someone on the field? On the I don't know. Or? I don't. I really don't know. Usually they have a very set time for these things, but yeah. they didn't have anything going on. That's unfortunate. Yeah. We had uh, Pat Sabatini next versus Lucas Almeida. I very much had Lucas Almeida winning this fight, and his striking is very much, like, sharp. I mean, he's got really good power, he's precise, and he knows where to land the strikes. But, unfortunately, uh, Pat Sabatini, his wrestling is just way too good. Way too good. Dominated all first of the round, probably a 10-8 round, and then the second round put him out of there. I mean, What type of submission did he use? Um, I want to say it was a rear naked. It might have been... I think it was a rear naked. It's usually a rear naked. 
But um, Pavis Habtini kind of just put it on Lucas Almeida both rounds super hard. Uh, does it say? Does it say? It wasn't. No, no, it no. was not a grab hand. Because it said submission. Ah, whatever. That's okay. Um, either way, Pat Sabatini really showed out. So it's good to see him get another win in there. Um, but I felt like that fight had a lot more potential than it really showed. Then we had the idiotic fight IQ of Christian Leroy Duncan. I very much enjoy the athleticism of Christian Leroy Duncan. He's really fun, really flashy, spinning kicks, flying kicks, uh, wheel kicks. I mean, kicks, kicks, kicks. And you know what he's lacking? Punches. He's lacking timing, lacking fight IQ, awareness of what the fight was doing. Uh, you just try and get takedowns without good defense. And it was I, – I, I had Christian, Christian Leroy Duncan fight, winning this fight because – in his last fight, he was more composed. He landed the correct shots and kept his pace or kept his uh, space right between the fighter. In this fight, he was rushing forward the whole time, missing shots, not setting anything up. Didn't throw more than one jab the whole fight, and it was a little bit embarrassing. Armin Petrosian just did exactly what he was supposed to: kept his distance, landed the right and the left. The jab was there, and he would throw a good body kick every now and again. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Christian Leroy Duncan. Amazing athlete, just disappointing to watch yeah. him kind of crumble under the pressure of another kickboxer, which I he mean, should have flurried against. So, so Armand was just another kickboxer, basically. Another kickboxer. Just, yeah. They kept it standing most of the whole fight. There was a point where Christian Leroy Duncan was just being sloppy, and he got taken down by Armand because he wasn't paying attention. Hmm. And he's the more athletic guy. He should have been able to, you know, defend the takedown. Yeah, but I, I, he when didn't I was do that. see, I don't know anything about either of these fighters, but um, when I was just looking at them, you know, I was comparing them, and I mean, I hadn't seen anything on Christian. I just saw he was mega mind, and I was like, <laughs> "Dude got a big ass boy." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at it right now, bro. It's it's huge. Better hide uh, your baby oil. <laughs> <laughs> Better hide your baby oil. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of casual, I wanted to throw a little segment in there. Because you know nothing about fighters very mm-hmm. often, I want to show you an image of a fighter, and I want you to tell me what they're good at. All right? Okay. This is Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. You cannot look at the captions. Do not look at the captions. I'm not. Don't be a cheater. What uh, do you think this guy's good at? Fucking... Striking? Striking? What I mean, specific striking? I mean, there's one picture of him who's where he's literally just grabbing the guy like this, like that. So I I don't know if he's like – what's that one guy who just fights like a drunken – what's the drunken fighter guy? Um, the, the, the one we watched recently, like two weeks ago. The mullet. The guy who just fights and, and, and strikes like he's always drunk, but he won. Remember that? Two weeks ago, you were hyping him up. Did I call him drunk? Something like you called him like the oh, weirdest fighter. Yeah, the funkiest. Tim Elliott. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Tim Elliott wasn't throwing haymakers though. No, but, uh, I don't know. He was just fighting like he, that guy was just like like this. He was like yeah, yeah. So you think he fights like that? Um, I mean, he looks like a monster. Yeah, but one of my favorite. I have a feeling you're gonna tell me he's Abdul like Abdul Razak Al Hassan. So I have a feeling you're gonna tell me he's like, I don't know, kung fu. Or like karate or uh uh-uh. uh What do you think? Just give me give me your gut opinion. What's your first reaction to seeing this man? I think just 
striking. Striking? What yeah. kind of striking though? Are you saying boxer? Bo- are you saying Muay Thai? Are you saying you saying boxer? Yeah. Okay. You're not too far off. He, he's he's a Muay Thai fighter. Crazy kicks. His thighs are the size of Mars. This dude throws huge kicks. Uh, he has his kick against S. Jesus L- Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Bro. Bro. Dude's got muscle thighs. Oh, damn. Man puts me to shame. Um, he has this kick against Alessio De, De Chirico. And, uh, man, he kicks this guy so hard. He fly Like, when the, the kick lands, his feet come off the ground. Like, that he kicks the other guy in the head, and his feet come off the ground, and he kicks him so hard in the head. Like a cartoon. Yeah, like a cartoon. cartoon. It's like watching Tom and Jerry get hit by a plank. (laughs) Doing. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I thought that would be a little fun thing to go over. But you were pretty close. I would would give you a half point for that one. Half point. Yeah, I think I deserved that. That's a half point. I'll give you that. that. You got half of the part right, because he does have good hands, too. Yeah. Uh, Let's get into the co-main event. We had Armand Saryukin versus Joaquin Silva. I had a very bold prediction for this fight, and I said... Armand Saryukin would absolutely steamroll Joaquim Silva. I was wrong. Joaquim Silva really showed that he had good striking and landed really flush on Armand Saryukin in the second round. The first round was all Armand Saryukin. Um, he pushed the pace, landed good kicks. Um, he got a takedown in the first round. But Joaquim Silva got back to the feet, and the second round landed a really solid left hook. Almost put Armand Saryukin out of there. But Armand Saryukin scrambled for a takedown, got the takedown, and then in the third round, when Silva had no gas left in the tank, put on the pressure and landed so much ground and pound, I thought the fight should have been stopped 40 strikes before than it was. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, amazing show out from Armand Saryukin. It was I called it perfectly. Yeah, good job. I was happy. Um, it's, it's, it's upsetting to an extent because it kind of proves he's not ready for the top five. Um, Joaquin? No, Armand Saryukin. Really? Armand Saryukin is in the top eight, and he's a very good fighter. But with a guy like Joaquin Silva, he should have steamrolled him, and that's my mm-hmm. honest opinion. Uh, I don't think he's ready to top any, fight anyone in the top five. He fights Michael Chandler. He's not getting past the wrestling. Yeah, I mean, and three rounds. <clears throat> yeah, I think we've seen Silva in the past, right? We've seen Silva yeah. once or twice. He's really good, but he's not top 15 caliber. And if you struggle against a guy who's not top 15, I don't think there's a way we can really insert you into the top five, you know? Yeah. So um, Armand has some things to work on, especially that striking defense and maybe um, keeping it where he's dominant, which is the ground. But otherwise, amazing outing. I, he really showed his heart, and I'm glad to see him win that fight. Um, and in the main event, we had a fucking slobber knocker of a fight jared cannon in the air the killer gorilla versus marvin vittori oh my god watching this fight was ridiculous jared cannon in the air he's 39 years old he's Mm -hmm. one of the oldest fighters in the ufc and he is built like arnold schwarzenegger (laughs) it it doesn't make sense and he used to be a heavyweight used to be kind of fat and he cut down all the way to middleweight and he has the cardio of a lightweight and he's got the like, I don't know, man. It was crazy to watch this fight because I thought it was kind of going to be like similar to when he fought Israel Adesanya, which he was very patient, uh, picked his shots, and kind of got uh, outstruck. I didn't mm-hmm. think Vittori would outstrike him. I thought Jared Kanier would land flush and, you know, dominate the fight to an extent just because Marvin doesn't have the striking powers that uh, Jared Kanier does. But, no, Jared Kanier dominated from pillar to post. Mm-hmm. He In the first round, Marvin Vittori almost dropped Jared Kanier. And that was the only success Marvin Vittori ha- really had after that. For after 
after the first like 20 seconds after that that rocking it was all Jared Kinnear. So it was just like probably just completely. The second unanimous. round, Jared Kinnear landed over ninety strikes, and Jesus. Marvin landed like twenty eight. It was an absolute, just like slaughter. I was super impressed to watch Jared Kinnear really show his aggression because I d- I thought I didn't have it anymore after watching him versus Israel Adesanya, but I mean he knocked out Derek Brunson not too long ago, and now he just absolutely destroyed. Marvin Vittori, but I mean, Marvin Vittori's got a vibranium chin. It doesn't make sense yeah, how he eats say, half the like, shots he eats. You you said how many shots did he did he did Kenanier land? Kenanier landed two hundred and fifty significant strikes. That's crazy, and, and that's and he leg just kicks, that's body shots, yeah. and that's head punches, just head kicks too. Uh, he he threw like there's a point where uh, he landed a really solid right hand and it wobbled Vittori. Then he landed a knee. Then he landed an elbow. Then he landed a knee, and then another left hand. Vittori was still standing. He didn't get dropped once in this whole small fight. I don't. That's crazy. I've never seen a man get hit so hard and just kind of like <laughs> munch yeah. through it. Like and he's still like he's, he's still nothing. like young-ish, right? He's not um, like old. Marvin. Yeah. Marvin's like twenty-nine. Yeah. So he's still got like a career. It reminds me of that one guy that we watched um, a while ago who was just eating everything and he ended up retiring because he was like, "I'm too tough for my own good." You remember that? Ooh, that's Glover Teixeira. Mm-hmm. And Glover Teixeira was like 44. Yeah, he was a little so that older. That makes sense, and but Marvin Vittori's yeah. only 29. Yeah, so he still has a really good future. I mean, kudos to Marvin Vittori for withstanding the fire. I don't understand how he did it. Dude is literally a fucking ogre from Mordor. I mean, now I know never if he fights again, you know, when we watch him fight again, he's I know never to ever bet that he goes down in any sort of That's knockout. what I was telling Caitlin. Yeah. <laughs> Caitlin's like, you know what? I think Jared puts him away. I'm like, Mm-mm. Nope. Hell no. <laughs> Marvin literally is a, an ogre. It doesn't yeah. make sense. His chin is like made from Superman's like planet. It doesn't make sense. Like well, I called that fight perfectly, and I got a lot of XP off of that too because I put dumped my shit into it. Caitlin's flipping me off. I was number one this week. Let's go. And that includes missing the PFL that you guys didn't tell me about, and. I missed the other one because because of my appendix bursting. So I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna come back. You guys are gonna be beneath my feet. I'm I'm gonna be first, dude. I'm getting nerfed by God, and I'm still (laughs) I'm still gonna come back. All right, all right, all right. You you believe what you want to believe. You believe what you want to believe. And next week, we have an amazing main event, and we have some really good prelims too. We have the undefeated Tattoo Tyra versus Clayson Rodriguez. Tattoo Tyra is a prospect from Japan. He's super talented. Undefeated in the UFC. I believe he's 2-0, both submissions. He came in from Dana White's Contender Series. And really, just honestly, an amazing talent. I'm super excited to see him fight. He's one of my favorite flyweight fighters. I don't know why he's not fighting a ranked opponent. But I'm really excited to see him back in there. And Clayson Rodriguez is a really good flyweight, but I don't see him getting past uh, Tattoo Tyra. Mm-hmm. So that'll be. I, I I think Japan and Asia in general needs a lot more representation in the UFC. They're kind of where martial arts kind yeah, of flourished they, from. Yeah, they've been badasses in the past. Right? Absolutely, you got many Bruce other ways, Lee. Yeah. You got you got everyone over there, man. Yeah. And uh, the fight after that, oh, I'm really excited for this one. I'm not the biggest Jamal Emmers fan, but I am of Jack Jenkins. Jack Jenkins, he's got a 90s porno stash and I a mullet. see it, yeah. That's and some, he some good is shit. a fucking savage. Jack Jenkins. Jack Jenkins has amazing Muay Thai kickboxing. 
he blasts these leg kicks. There was this fight, right, where this guy leg kicks him. He smiles at him, and he knows his leg kick is going to get checked, and he throws it anyways, and it hurts the other guy more than him. Like, he just – he just that's, that's he, pretty he, funny. He has, I don't know if he's just completely dead in his shins from all nerves, but he just – He just eats uh, that shit. He Too much eats conditioning. it and throws it back. <laughs> Pause. Re- resume. Resume. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. His Muay Thai kickboxing is really good. His kicks are crazy. His amazing power. Really fun to watch. And he's he's a little goofy too. Uh, That's, really I excited like to Jack those, those are more absolutely. You would love Michelle Michelle Pereira. I really yeah. wish you were in, at that UFC event. But uh, Michelle Pereira is a capoeira fighter, spinning kicks, flying kicks, and he's super goofy in the ring. Um, after that, we have Trevor Peak versus Sheppy Mariscal. I don't know Mariscal and Trevor Peak's undefeated in the lightweight division. Uh, probably Peak. I've only seen him fight once. Not too much to say there. I think Peak wins it. Uh, yes, we have Tabitha Ritchie versus Jillian Robertson. This is a woman's fight that should be on the main card. This is really? a woman's fight that should be on the main card. That's I, right. I, I would put this. Honestly, I'd put it over any of these guys on here. I don't think Tafa's a bigger name. I don't think Randy Brown's a bigger name. Rebeski isn't a bigger name. I Jillian Robertson has the most submissions in female UFC history. Really? She is a submission master. She is super exciting to watch. So that means it's probably going to be a finish. Hopefully. Um, I say it's a, a, it's a finish, but honestly, I think Tabitha Ritchie gets the finish. Really? Tabitha Ritchie, by the way, is a very pretty young lady. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you pull up a photo of Tabitha Ritchie? Tabitha Ritchie is one fine bitch. <laughs> no. Be careful. If she ever sees this, she will kick your ass. Oh, dude, she'd kill me, and I'd yeah. love it. I would pay her to kick my ass. Right here. Right here. Oh, my goodness gracious. Ooh. Oh, my. Resilient. Yeah. Uh, go. Go. That third image. See the third image at the very top? Yeah! yeah, let's go. <laughs> she goes by Baby Shark. Um, she has a really good overall game. Baby uh, Shark. Oh, I see it. Yeah. Yeah. No, she she she's a really good Brazilian jiu jitsu. You making it shake, Caitlin? What she the got, hell? She got a fin. What? 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 <laughs> All right. So but, what? Jillian um, Robertson is, I would say, has better Brazilian jiu jitsu, but Tabitha Ritchie has really good striking, really good wrestling. And if she keeps it where she wants to keep it, I think she pushes the pace enough to the point where Jillian Robertson gets, you know, overwhelmed and Richie gets the finish. But I'm really excited to see that fight more than most of these other male fights. So I'm actually really surprised to see it down here. More Brazilians. Fuck it. I yeah. like Brazilians. Yeah. yeah. So I love it. Brazil. Yeah. Brazil. Um, we have Matush Rebecca versus Loic Radzibov. Damn, you said that very well. I've yeah. Yeah, you like that, don't you? You like that, <laughs> yeah. don't you, bitch? Shut the fuck <laughs> up. Um, kickboxing match. Um, I got Rebecchi winning. I never know to say his last name. He, he's got a really weird last name, but um. Yeah, that's a very weird character. I believe he's Polish. Um, ah. There's another Matuj in the UFC. Matuj Gamrot. Uh, he's the best grappling match of all time with Armand Soyukin, who we matched in the rat- last match, or the last card. Um, yeah, probably just the. Matuj knockout to be honest uh he's got really good striking and i don't know too much about loic so mm-hmm. after that we have randy rude boy brown and wellington turman randy R- randy brown's gonna school this kid wellington yeah. turman is really unskilled very slow um he's got power and he's gritty 
very gritty. He has really a lot of heart. He's he's a good guy. I've seen him in some training videos. Um, I don't dislike seeing him, but Randy Rudeboy Brown is honestly one one of the better welterweights in that division. I mean, really fast striking, great front kicks, a little bit flashy. He, he can tend to get caught up in his ego in the ring a little bit, but uh, give me give me Randy Brown by like a second round knockout. That's how I see that going. Second round. Hmm. Yeah, probably, probably. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. I hate you so much. Uh, Austin Lane versus Justin Taffa. I'm not familiar with Austin Lane. Bro I don't think like fight. Kratos, but like Retarded. a villager. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at the picture, bro. His nose is like oh my long. God. Dude's got a... <laughs> it's literally is like... Is that Squidward's house? <laughs> <laughs> that is literally that... <laughs> Squidward's house with a beard. That's crazy. Dude, that's, that's that's like the actual, you know, the the sound effect. The boom. You know the fucking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To... Uh, Justin Taffa. Um, he's a really good striker. He's a big boy. Justin Taffa's got some meat on. He him. looks thick. Yeah, Justin Taffa's a big fuck. And I see Justin Taffa winning it with his wrestling. No, uh, oh, take that back. Winning <laughs> that with wrestling? his striking. His wrestling is absolutely dog shit. <laughs> Dude, hey, watch right now. Now he's gonna re- he's gonna get a submission for the first time in his life. No, he will not. <laughs> he's gonna get. A I will. Sh- if he gets a submission, I'll pay you a hundred dollars on the spot. All right, all right, you don't you need to what? risk anything. Okay, I'll pay you. Okay, you know what? Fuck it. Uh, Taffa's gonna win by knockout, probably first round. Okay. Uh, next we have <laughs> the guy with the ugliest haircut of all time. It doesn't show it in that picture. Um, can you please pull up a picture of Zaglas Zumagolov? Um, he he has a picture of him with a bowl cut where it's all the way down and it looks like curtains. Oh my god! There, there it, it is. is. Fourth picture. Oh my god! <laughs> he looks like he's he part of like, a boy band. Dude, he looks like a beetle. Dude, he looks is like a the beetle or a guy from One oh, Time literally. or One Direction. I almost said One Time Rush. One Big Time, time Rush. rush. <laughs> um, Zumagolov is actually a really good bantamweight. He's like, one in five in the UFC. He got a better haircut. No, it's better now. It's better now. But okay, he, good. He, it was atrocious back yeah, in the day. Yeah, like he's, he's one in five in the UFC. Really? Um, I'm actually very surprised he's one in five in the UFC because he's a really good fighter. He's been on like the end of three split decision losses though. And the guy's fighting Joshua Van. Uh, it's a short notice fight. He's taking this fight on a week notice. Um, uh, Zaglas is probably gonna ragdoll him honestly. So. I mean. That I'm not a big fan of Zaglas or his game. I think he hasn't pushed the pace enough. I think he has amazing wrestling, but um, the reason he hasn't gotten those wins that there were split decisions is because he kind of just sits in the control with the guard. So he'll get someone to the ground and kind of just sit there. He, mm. He's a little bit too patient. He needs to be more aggressive, and I hope he shows that in this fight because if he doesn't, there's a 100% chance he gets cut after this fight. I'm very surprised they yeah. really booked him again. Honestly, one in five kind of surprises me. That one in five is very, very, um, yeah. you know, bad for your start in the UFC. But, I mean, we've seen guys come back from it, so hopefully he's improved enough to come back from it. Next, we got Philip Rowe versus Neil Magny. Two lanky welterweights, one with power, one with grappling. Uh, Neil Magny's a veteran. He has the most submissions in welterweight history. Um, yeah, he's a fucking crazy large record, 27 and 11. Yeah, he's been in a lot of fights. He's been in the UFC for a long time. Philip Rowe, quite the opposite. Hasn't been in the UFC for very long, but he, he has some really good power striking. Uh, if he if if Neil Magny can get Philip Rowe to the ground in the first round, I see Neil, Neil Magny kind of dominating from there on out. But if he can't get him down, Philip Rowe will land and he will knock him unconscious. But that's the prelims of 
Emmett versus Toporia. I just love saying the name already. Oh, I love Ilya Toporia. Um, next, we've got some some this cancellations. Large... I want to talk about. Oh, okay. Gregory Rodriguez. I love RoboCop, aka Gregory Rodriguez. It's really upsetting to see all of his fights get canceled. Not sure if it was up to him or Dennis Tulian. Did he get kicked, or is he leaving, or Gregory Rodriguez? Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was an injury or what, but the fight was canceled. But uh, either way, I I love seeing him in the cage, and I want to see him in the future. But next we got Brendan Allen versus Bruno Silva. That fight was not canceled. It's the beginning of the main card. Really excited for this fight because Brendan Allen has he's one of the best fighters at the Dana White's Contender Series. Uh, he has wins over guys like um, Kevin Holland. Really, and he has losses over guys that aren't as good, um, that aren't really big staples in the division. But uh, I believe he's yeah his middleweight. Bruno Silva is mainly though. a striker. I've seen him lose against not the best of strikers, Bruno Silva. So hopefully Brendan Allen keeps on this momentum after his last win and goes out there and shows out and beats Bruno Silva. That's that's my hope. Uh, Bruno Silva is a really good kickboxer, but I don't think he brings enough grappling to really show out on the UFC stage. And next, we've got one of my favorite fighters in, in featherweight, David Onama versus Gabriel Santos. Uh, fight of the night in San Diego about a year ago was David Onama versus Nate Landwehr. I put the dog in another dog. <laughs> Nate Landwehr. Yeah. Um, Nate Landwehr actually, unfortunately, just lost recently. But uh, David Onama um, had an absolute sober knocker of a co-main event in San Diego. I watched it live. Um against Nate Landwehr, where they were just going at it for three straight rounds, dropping each other, and then letting each other up without doing any grappling. It was just it was a really fun atmosphere, yeah. and uh, I love watching David Onama fight. I've been a fan of him before he even got to UFC. He's one of the first Ugandan UFC fighters. I, he might be the first. And uh, I think Gabriel Santos is a really good featherweight, but Onama's striking is a serious problem, and I think he puts him out of there in the first or second. So. Really excited to see David Oma back in there. Hopefully he's addressed the problem of his cardio because he has very lackluster cardio. Mm. He kind of adrenaline dumps in the first round, and then from there he's a little that's, bit tired. That's always annoying. I feel yeah. like, yeah, I'd, I'd rather see a fighter actually go evenly throughout the whole thing. Than Absolutely. Just, yeah, yeah. cardio is important. It's a big part of the sport. People weaponize their cardio and aren't even good fighters. So as long as you have good cardio, you can almost be an elite fighter in the UFC. Good cardio and a good chin, and you're Ab- good. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, next, we have Cody Brundage versus Cedric Dumas. I'm really surprised this is higher up on the, the, the card because Ced- Cedric kind of was undefeated in his last fight and had a really lackluster and boring performance, got dominated and lost. And Cody Brundage is coming off of, I believe, two or three wins. Cody Brundage is pretty good, um, but he's missing kind of the ripple to make him elite. Uh, kind of a gatekeeper for the top 15, has never made the top 15, and I think it'll be continue to be that way. Uh, probably Cody Brundage is going to wrestle Dumas because Dumas does not have very good wrestling. And kind of going to be a domination there, I believe. Uh, then we have Amanda Ribas versus Macy Barber. Macy Barber is the queen of gang decisions that shouldn't go her way. Uh, it's pretty fun <laughs> to watch. So I've got... Amanda Rebos dominating every single round, and then Macy Barber winning by split decision. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 how I see that fight going. That's that's fair. Yeah, I I don't think I've have I seen her yet in the past. No, I don't yeah, think no. so. Yeah, they're they're not that's most too active. I see mm-hmm. Barber every now and again, but very surprised that's the co-main because I mean I think they're definitely higher ranked than Tabitha Ritchie and Julie Robertson, but. 
Jillian Robertson and and uh, I almost said Ilya Doporia. Imagine Jillian in there with <laughs> oh no, Ilya Doporia just dies. Boom, 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 <laughs> just dies in the first five seconds. <laughs> no, but Tabitha Ritchie and uh, Jillian Robertson deserve to be the co-main compared to any of these fighters, in my opinion. But uh, hmm, okay. This this might be a fun fight. Uh, no way it's going to be anything close to what Tabitha and Jillian show in there. But you know what? Uh, we can give the benefit of the doubt. We'll we got hope. We can hope, hope it'll be a good coming. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm I'm honestly I'm kind of tired of of watching fights that are just boring as fuck. Yeah, uh, it's upsetting sometimes. You, yeah. Just watch some PFL if you want some boring fights. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially with some awkward cuts and stuff Fucking that doesn't make any sense. People who have no clue what they're doing when they're production team. Yeah. Oh what the fuck? I thought we were bad at production. I know. Jesus <laughs> Christ. We're like random people. We can do this fucking way better than them. Dude, Josh Emmett versus Ilya Toporia. This should be I am so excited to see El Matador back in the cage. In his last time out, Ilya Toporia dominated an undefeated fighter in Bryce Mitchell. The Arkansas man himself in the camo shorts. You can't see me. <laughs> Bryce Mitchell. One of the best fighters in featherweight in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And he got absolutely steamrolled and dominated. Made it look like a like a kid playing with his dad wrestling. I mean, Ilya dominated on the feet. He dominated on the ground and submitted the submission artist himself, Bryce Mitchell. So I'm really excited to see Ilya back in there, especially with a guy like Josh Emmett. I know. Josh Emmett was pretty good last time, I think, oh when we gosh. watched him. Josh Emmett got a knockout in his last fight. Or no. No, he, he got he got submitted last time. That's right. Yeah, year. Did Yair submit him? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. I remember because I put it in Verdict that he got the submission. Yeah, I remember uh, that, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking the fight before that fight. Was Josh Emmett got a knockout before Cal- the fight against Yair. Calvin Qatar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was surprised by that. But Josh Emmett has an m- amazing ability to just throw bombs with reckless abandonment. And Ilya Toporia also does that. But Ilya's younger. He's faster. He's stronger. He has better technique. I think we're literally just watching it passing the torch from one style to another. Really? Ilya has basically everything Josh Hammett has, but 10 times better. And I think he's going to prove that in this fight. Uh, Josh Hammett's a lot higher in the rankings, and I think Ilya's just going to whoop, take that just ranking right up. Slip right up. That would be interesting. Absolutely. I think, I, it's, I think Ilya puts him away in the first or second. Yeah. I don't think it's a competition, to be honest with you. I mean, you don't see very many fighters actually get, you know, risen up in the, uh, in the, Totem pole. At least I haven't, because I've only been in. There hasn't been a lot of prospects yeah. breaking through the rankings too much recently. Exactly. Uh, there's a guy here and there, but they're kind of sitting around the top 15, like yeah. 15 to 10. But Ilya has gone from 14th to 9th, and this will put him to fourth or fifth, I believe. That'll be pretty interesting. Yeah. So no, I'd love. And to. then from there, I don't think anyone has a stronger picture for the title shot. Really? Yeah. That should be interesting. I yeah. think he's I've first never in line. seen. I've never. I haven't been in the UFC scenario circle. or like yeah circle for long enough to like see any fighters start and then get to the title at and all. You'll, and you'll see Ilya Toporia that. do that, I believe. Really, he, he that will should be that. interesting. Ilya Toporia has some of the best anti wrestling I've ever seen. Some of the best wrestling I've seen. Uh, he's fast. He's quick. He slips punches well. Crazy boxing. Doesn't use his kicks too much, but when he does. He throws leg kicks like Jose Aldo. He digs these leg kicks, and and they really, really damage people. First rounds against uh the first round against Bryce Mitchell threw a leg kick and almost dropped him with it. It like he completely like fumbled around like a giraffe getting born for the first time. I mean, mm-hmm. Ilya Toporia is an absolute monster. I'm so excited to see him back in the cage. Do you have any thoughts on this card? 
I mean, I am excited mostly for the main event. I don't really know anyone else, but I do know Josh Emmett. I haven't seen Toporia. Toporia. I like. I don't think so. But he sounds pretty interesting, and I would very much. I I would prefer that he wins because I want to see him rise up. But yeah, I mean, Josh Emmett also was very fucking interesting when we watched yeah. him last time. So Even when he fought Yair, win he, he rocked me, Yair in yeah. the very first round. Yeah, I remember so. that. Yeah, I remember because I think I bombs, bet man. I I bet on Josh <laughs> Emmett, and I was like, oh, so excited, so excited. And then he and then he got caught out there and got submitted, and I was a little disappointed, but. Yeah. Still, I mean, generally, he fought like hell, so. And because you didn't get to see Benil Dariush versus Charles Oliveira, I want to take you through a little quick finish that Charles Oliveira pulled off from the depths. Um, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see So, I, I so have not for seen context, we're going to just show you the ending finish, but mm-hmm. the fight starts out. We have Charles Oliveira immediately in Benil Dariush's face. And about 20 seconds of the very first round, there was a roundhouse kick. Benil puts Benil puts his guard up, right? But guess what? It goes right through his guard. His whole body shifts to the left because Charles Oliveira just kicks like a mule. Mm-hmm. Benil doesn't like that very much. So uh, almost immediately after that, they clinch up. Uh, Charles Oliveira goes to take him down, but he ends up pulling guard, and he's he has Benil on top of him, right? So not the most ideal situation. Last time uh, Charles Oliveira was on the bottom of anyone else, he got submitted. So uh, I was a little bit worried at first, but... Charles Oliveira started landing hammer fists and elbows from the bottom and then pushing him off and then hitting him with a hammer fist. There was an up kick that landed. And then eventually he ended up pushing Benil off him after defending almost every strike that he got thrown at him. There was a bunch of punches. Even the commentator was mentioning it where Benil Darshish would throw an overhand right and it would hit the canvas. You'd hear it hit the canvas, <laughs> but it wasn't hitting Charles. It was just like he was dodging it and slipping. Dodging, That's slipping. Cool. It was really fun to watch. And Charles Oliveira got right back up, immediately started pushing the pace against, pushed him against the cage. Um, threw an elbow, got off it, and then threw another one of those roundhouse kicks to the head. And this one, the guard was up again, but it went right through the guard. Wobbled Benil. He pushed the pace, threw his same punch like he did against uh, Michael Chandler, where he's running and throws it out like this. Landed clean, threw the left hook, dropped him, followed him to the ground, and then ground and pounded him out. Maybe 20 unanswered strikes. That's, that's Benil didn't even know yeah. where he was. He, he went to <laughs> lean up on the cage and tried to get up, and it opened the the gate of that area, so he fell through the gate. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little bit embarrassing. That's unfortunate. Uh, but here, I'll show you. I'll show you that that finish now. Yeah, I haven't seen any of it yet. So, so there's that right hand. Oh, yep, drops him. Tries to take the back. Benil rolls, Granby oh, roll, okay. but then the ground and pound comes where oh no, it's just like He's a sitting duck, sitting there just fucking hammer fists, left Damn, hand. That was a fucking clean. There he goes with the new tattoo. And by the way, I gotta say the pop that Charles Oliveira got from the Vancouver crowd when he walked out was stupid. It was stupid. It was like a hometown hero coming out. Really? With the whole crowd behind him. I mean, yeah, that's how you would have been. You would have been immediately. Absolutely. I, see, I and saw. This is, this is a guy from the favelas of Brazil. Mm-hmm. And he's going to a sold out, like a sold out arena in Canada, Vancouver, Canada. And when the American guy, basically neighbors of the Canada, walks out, there's a few boos and not much noise at all. Then Charles Oliveira walks out. Just and it, yeah. the whole place explodes. That's awesome. And it was really, it was a heartwarming, warming moment. Um, Charles Oliveira got on the microphone, spoke some English. I heard. He yeah. spoke some English. That's 
That's he spoke funny. some English and he said, "Who is your champ?" Gets out on the cage and the whole place is cheering again. Fuck yeah, dude! That's Absolutely cool. awesome to see. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen Oliveira too much. I mean, I've seen you freak the fuck out over him multiple times, and now I kind of see why. You've watched I him mean, three times. Yeah, no, and uh, your third time watching him. He's probably well, the no. fighter you've watched fight most. Look at that back tattoo, bro. That's a brand new tattoo. That, really? That's yeah. sick. That's yeah. pretty cool. It's a really well done tattoo. Yeah. No, and absolutely. I mean. I think the lion is usually a really cheesy, corny thing, but with him, it just fits. Yeah. He's got animals all over his body. He's got a lion on his back. He's got horses on his arm. He's got his family on the front of his chest. I mean, he's 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 got some really good tattoo game. I kind of I'm kind of jealous. That's that's to be pretty cool. With you. Yeah, and I mean, there's a I've watched that video that uh, that I got sent. A little like after it happened while I was in the hospital while you know recovering. You're like you're like having I've I'm like dying and like I look and I just screaming see. and yeah. sending me videos of Charles Oliveira knocking someone out and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Charles Oliveira. No, it was the morning. I was just like looking and I was like, holy shit! And Gabe was free screaming. I, I wish I was there. I was kind of pissed off. I was very pissed off, honestly. When I woke up, I was like, fuck. I missed the one fights that I was actually like kind of excited to see, you know, yeah. So but that was that was interesting. At I'm least. glad you got to see it now at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> got to see a little bit of it, but yeah. hopefully next time I'll actually be there for it. Hopefully next time, next time. there shouldn't be a next time. Luckily, I won't ever have any of those no more food poisonings anymore, <laughs> which were plaguing and, me. And for that's months. why me and Charles are about to get jacked as fuck. Exactly. You said you'll get to 170 pounds, and guess what will happen? I will. I will buzz cut my head. I will Ooh. fucking hold you to that. Now it's on, on, it's on camera. Pounds. It's on it's camera. Gonna happen. Yeah. It's it. Well, yeah. Now it's now it's locked in. So eventually, when I get there, I I will do that and. uh and this time I won't start losing weight because I, I lost like five, almost 10 pounds in total. And then I'm back up to like almost 145 now. I'm back to where I was basically. God damn it. But I was pissed off because I was just like, I was, it was literally food poisoning. I couldn't eat for like two days and I was just losing my shit. And then, you know, a little bit after I'd start getting it. Nope. Nope. Again. And it happened again and again. Yeah. So. Well, what matters is you're here. Yes. And now, now you can really press on the pedal. Exactly. So, alrighty. So that's a good podcast. That was we'll see indeed. you guys in the next one. Of course. Have a good one. Have a good one.